Good morning, church. Good to worship together, right? Awesome presence of God. Uh, what a great time. Um, I'm not speaking this morning. We have a guest speaker, and we've been uh, stretching him this weekend. Actually, what he did, he came uh, during the week to uh, teach our discipleship school about the Father's love. And I believe they had a blast, and uh, so he's been speaking here this weekend. He's a good friend of mine. We, uh, we've walked together for the last 30 years, and we've journeyed in the good times, the rough times, right? We were there for one another. He's a great man of God, pastored uh, in northern Quebec for, in the same church for 25 years, him and Chantal. And, you know, I really honor him because it's not, it's, it's a, it's not easy. It was a hard go, and, and he's a faithful, uh, they're a faithful couple giving themselves for the cause of the kingdom. You're just amazing. It's really an honor, Terry, to have you here, and uh, uh, we just want to celebrate you and thank you for coming. So as he comes forward, can we celebrate him this morning? Woohoo! So I had the chance to speak French this week. We had a lot of fun time, right? It was a great time. Awesome. Yeah. Bonjour. Ça va bien ce matin? Oh, <laughs> I lost a couple in there. Claude, you just ripped my microphone off my ear. Sorry about this. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right. How's everybody doing this morning? All right. It's so, so great to be here again for the fourth time this weekend, <laughs> fourth service. Uh, that's the stretching that Claude was talking about. We are so happy uh, to, to just celebrate with you guys what, what's happening here. Firstly, uh, again, I just want to uh, uh, honor Claude and Micheline, and uh, like he said, they are uh, true friends to us. 30 plus years we've been in this journey of pastoring churches and helping each other out uh, in the hard times, in the, the, in, the, in the easy times, but always there. And uh, what a journey, eh, Claude? What a, what a journey. And uh, yeah, like I just... We are so, so proud of you guys for uh, what you guys are doing here and accomplishing, you and Micheline. I know the, the sacrifices, I know that I see the hard work, Claude and the, the, the staff and the volunteers and all that. So we just, we just really, really honor you guys. We are excited. For me, when I come here, I'm like a sponge. I just try to take everything in. Uh, I, I, I listen, I, I learn, I'm, I'm just like, yeah, and it, 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 uh, it uh, challenges me, it blesses me, and I just, yeah, Lord, what you're doing here, I want you to do uh, where we live. So, so Claude and Michelin, I love you guys, and uh, GMC, we love you. Can we just uh, put our hands together for the staff and what's going on here at GMC? I come from the province of Quebec. Anybody knows where Quebec is? Yeah, still in Canada, by the way, okay? We're still there. Uh, so far, so good. Uh, yeah, so uh, the province of Quebec is, is one of the, the, the place where there's the most concentrated people speaking French. It's a French-speaking area uh, in all of North America, really. And uh, so, uh, yes, we are unique. Uh, yes, we have our unique culture, our unique challenges also. 
And uh, I'm, I'm pastoring there for uh, the last 25 years, 30 years really, but 25 years where I am at right there. And for me, it's really, uh, it's really inspiring coming here because it's, a, it's another planet, another planet. Uh, in the province of Quebec, we are about 8 million, I think, pl- more plus uh, uh, population in our province. And um, there's, I- I'm being generous, I was speaking to Claude, um, there's 1% to 2% of evangelical born-again Christians in the province. So I know if Claude was telling me, it's, it's as though in all of Winkler, it's like there would be one church of 100 members for all of Winkler, only one church. That's, so if you can try and understand, that's where, from, where I come from. So it's, it's a mission field. And <clears throat> I really ask you guys if you can pray for, for Quebec. Uh, Quebec, Quebecois are really lovely people, passionate people, uh, but they don't know the Lord. And uh, they have rejected religion, everything that is re- religious, uh, they have totally rejected that. And uh, they, they're orphans, they're, they're searching for love, searching for answers. So we've been there for 25 years trying to be faithful and trying to just chip away at all of that, that culture of unbelief and all that and hoping that God is, is going to break through. So thank you for your prayers. Uh, this past year, you guys, I don't know if you're aware, but you've invested in us. Um, we're always trying to find different ways to, uh, to reach our culture and to, to bring people to the knowledge of God. And um, one thing we did is that we rented a place that is another village. Like where I come from, there's about 16,000 population in the whole area. 20 villages, I think, uh, that are there. And uh, there are only two evangelical churches in the whole, whole area. Population of 16,000. So what we did is we rented a place in Ville Marie. That's the the maybe largest uh, village of about 2,500, 3,000 people living there. And we rented this place so we could uh, touch the poor in the community but also touch all the people who are lonely. What we found out is that there are a lot of lonely people out there. And I want you to know that there's a lot of lonely people here in Winkler also, and sometimes even in the church. And they're isolated. So we just wanted to rent this place where every Friday afternoon, we'd serve sandwiches and soup, coffee. Friday nights, evenings, we'd serve coffee, and Saturday evenings, we'd serve coffee. We'd gladly have it open to other nights, but we don't have the resources right now to, to do this. But what we're finding out is people are coming, and they're just like, uh, uh, there's this guy who, who came for a, a, a couple of times, and after a couple of times, he said, wow, I just found a family here. And he was isolated, a, a man alone, another a young, young man, he's, he's about 15 years old. His mother is a junkie. And, and uh, he doesn't have much to eat. So once he came to our, our, our Friday afternoon and he just like jumped in the soup, you know, and had these sandwiches and like he was just wow eating. And uh, like the first time we saw him, he came back the Friday evening and he asked our volunteers, he said like, can I have, is there any more sandwiches and soup here? So we gave him some and he's been coming ever since and we're just feeding him, you know. So it's, it's, just, it's just so, uh, so heart-wrenching. And 
the thing, the, the, the challenge that we have is that we're not allowed to talk about God in that place. In our culture, if you're public about God, they're going to shut you down. And, and so we, we don't talk about God. Uh, we, we just love people. And we're hoping that, like, I'm there every, almost every time the door is open because I just want to be with the people. I want to talk, get to know the people and love them unconditionally. And hopefully, through what we're doing, well, the love of God's going to break forth in their hearts. So, so please pray for us as we are laboring in that area that is not always easy. Lovely, I love, I love my people, but I want them to know Jesus. Amen? So, and so I, I prepared, we prepared a little video uh, to show you a bit uh, what we call La Place. Like, it's the place. All right? So enjoy. Everybody, uh, it's with great joy that uh, we want to do this little video here to present uh, La Place. So we're in Ville-Marie, uh, Temiskaming, province of Quebec, and uh, we're just going to show you inside. So uh, come and join us right now. So as you can see, we have rented this place. Uh, it's uh, downtown Ville-Marie. Uh, Ville-Marie is about 3,000, 3,500 population. Uh, so we're right next to the lake, right downtown. It's a place where people come, there are restaurants, little cafes and all that. So right now, uh, we are serving dinner and there are, there are a few people there. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun, come on in. So this is the place. Um, We've uh, renovated it, we've painted it, uh, still some, you know, uh, work to be done, but uh, right now it's pretty cool. So we've got these tables here, uh, we've got a ping pong table over there, we've got a little um, music setup, uh, and other tables, tables around there. Uh, so right here, if you can see, there's uh, even a little corner where people can come and just read or just relax. Um, we've got right next to there a little place where uh, we've got toys for kids and uh, sometimes when we serve the cafe, uh, well, uh, you've got a few kids playing around while their parents are enjoying a nice hot cup of java. So, as you can see, right now there are people who are there who are uh, who are shy. <laughs> uh, right here we have our place where people uh, can leave their coats and all that. Um, and the main place is right here where we've got the kitchen. And uh, this is just great because uh, people have donated uh, these uh, cupboards and all that. And we've got great teams who are right now just uh, uh, volunteering to make uh, the the food, to serve the food and all that. So uh, yeah, just coming a bit closer maybe. So as you can see, we've got like, we serve every Friday, we serve uh, sandwiches, soup, uh, dessert, coffee, and um, 
and these people they make and make the food themselves so uh, yeah just great awesome so I guess that's uh, La Place and uh, really want to thank you for uh, the money that you guys invested in this project uh, without you you know this wouldn't be possible so thank you a million times thank you bless you guys Awesome. So yeah, thank you so much for what you guys invested in. And please keep us in, our, in your prayers. And uh, yeah, hopefully that will be one instrument in our Father's hands to bring His love to the beautiful Francophone people. This morning, uh, I'd like to talk to you about unity. The amazing thing of this is that I had no clue that you guys were in a series on unity. And uh, when we booked this, I, I was praying and all that, and all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit just tell me to talk about this on this topic. And my son went, on, I think, on your website, on your webpage, and he came and he said, look, Dad, and he showed me with his phone, and Pastor Claude was there making this promo for the series on unity. So I said, like, oh, my gosh, you know, I think the Holy Spirit wants to really talk to the church about this really important topic of unity. So this morning I'd like to talk to you about actually the key to unity. And it's a often overlooked key that for me is one of the most, if not the most important key about unity. And we'll read from John 17, verse 20 to 23. John 17, 20 to 23. <clears throat> Jesus is praying to his Father here and he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. It's amazing. This prayer is amazing because this is the last prayer that Jesus prays before being brought to the cross. And what I find amazing is that the Holy Spirit just gives us an open window into what's going on in Jesus' heart. The ver preceding verses from 19 and, and upwards, Jesus is praying concerning his disciples, those who are there with him. But in, from verse 20, it changes. Jesus is praying to those who will believe in him through their message. We know that this gospel has been preached and has been transmitted from generation to generation to generation. And it has reached us right here. And Jesus is praying for all of those 
who will believe in him through the message of the disciples. This gospel that has been transmitted from generation to generation. That means you and me. Because we have believed Jesus through the message of the disciples and all the, the, the disciples in, through the, all the generations. So that means this prayer, why is it so amazing? Because it's the only recorded prayer that Jesus prays specifically for you and me in 2019 in Manitoba in Winkler. Wow, what about that? All of his prayers, we can apply them to us. But this prayer is specifically for those who believe through the message. That means you and me. And what we're seeing here is that Jesus, we see his heart. We see what's on his heart. What is Jesus praying for? What is the subject that is heavy on his heart right before going to the cross? We know that the last words of somebody before he passes away are really important. And I'm not saying that Jesus' words before this were not important, no. But I'm just saying it's really, really interesting to know what, what's on his heart. What, what is he preoccupied with? What's that subject that's on his heart? Well, verse 21 tells us that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. The, the subject that's on Jesus' heart is unity. He is praying for all of those who will believe this message to actually be one. But it's not just any kind of unity. It's the same kind of unity that Jesus has and had and has with his Father. And that is amazing. Actually, Jesus is praying that we would be included into this unity that he has with his Father. Now, how many know here that the Father really, 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 really loves Jesus? No doubt about that, right? How many know that Jesus really, really, really loves the Father? Same thing, right? Perfect love. Perfect, awesome love. Pure, unconditional love that's flowing from the Father to the Son, from the Son to His Father. It's like there's this river of love that's constantly flowing between each one of them. And Jesus is praying that we may be included in that river. So I, I, I just, I want to give you this picture of you being like in the, in, in the Father, in Jesus, and this river of love just washing you and just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is love, love, love. Love is in the air. No, just, whoa. It's just amazing. That's what Jesus is praying for us. And what's the result of this unity? Well, again, verse 21 tells us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Church, why should, be, we, why should we be one? Why should we want to be Jesus' answer, the, the, his prayer, the answer of his prayer? Why should we want that? Because unity helps create an atmosphere for people to believe. And that is amazing. 
Because as we are included in this unity that Jesus has with the Father, as we are included in this love relationship that he has, we start acting as sons and daughters. And, we, and as we are acting as sons and daughters, we can love each other like we have been loved. And what this does, it just creates this atmosphere of no strife, peace, love, forgiveness, grace, and it brings people to believe that God is real. Verse 22 is really interesting. Jesus says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. What? I have given them the glory that you gave me. Jesus is saying that we have received a glory, and the result of this is that we can be one. So what's the glory that Jesus has given us? What is this glory? Well, John 17 verse 5 says this. Jesus is praying. Again, same prayer. He's praying his Father, and he says, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Glorify me, honor me with the glory that I had with you before the world began. John 1 verse 14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. What have we seen? What is this glory that we have seen? The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. You see, John, in writing his gospel, he's reminiscing of all what he lived with Jesus. All the stories, the miracles, all the, all the things that he lived with Jesus. And he's saying, yeah, you know what? We have seen this glory. We saw it. And what is this glory? Well, that Jesus is a son. He's a son of a perfect father. I just want you to understand this morning that the only thing that Jesus had before the world began, the only thing he had was sonship. He was a son. The glory that Jesus had was the glory of being the one and only Son of God, chosen and precious in the Father's sight. When Jesus came on earth, he still was the, only, the one and only Son of God, but his glory was, was veiled. People didn't really see his glory. They saw his humanity. Once in a while, there were glimpses when Jesus walks on water, when Jesus feeds the 5,000, on the Mount of Transfiguration, there's these glimpses of, of the glory and the divinity of Jesus and, and his sonship, but mostly it was veiled. And that's why John, many years after, when he writes his gospel, he says, we have seen this glory. I saw it. I touched it. So Jesus prays in verse 5, if we go back, and now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. What is he praying? He's praying that, in a sense, he would recover this glory, even though he had it, but that, it, in a sense, that it would be manifested to people, that they would see that he is the only Son of God. So verse 22 
when Jesus says, I have given them the glory that I had, he's saying that I have given them this honor, this glory of being sons and daughters of God. Wow. I've given them this glory, glory of sonship, so they, that they can become one. How do we have this glory? Well, by our new birth, by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. His glory has been made known. He is the Son of God. And we have come by faith to acknowledge this. And the Bible says when we do that, we are adopted as sons and daughters. We are part of His family. Isn't that cool? We are actually sons and daughters. The thing is, is that we don't always experience this. Because being a son or a daughter, this glory that Jesus has given us, is more than just a theological concept. It's more than just a doctrine. Actually, it's a real experience that we can live day after day. In front of all the difficult situations that we face in our lives we can react and act as a son or as an orphan and when i say orphan i just want to say that i don't want to put down any physical orphans like i mean in this world that's not my goal i just want to show the difference between someone who doesn't have a relationship with a father a loving relationship with a father and someone who has and as christians we are called to live again in that glory of sonship. And that's what will bring us in unity. If we don't, we act as orphans. So I have a little graph here that I want to show you. Maybe just to highlight a couple of differences between acting as an orphan or acting as a son. You see, as an orphan, an orphan doesn't feel the need for fellowship. He's used to being alone. For him, for an orphan, he tries really hard and he has tried really hard to make a way for himself, to, 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 to just make things happen. He's, he's worked hard. And for him, he done it by himself. He doesn't need others. So he doesn't need this whole thing of fellowship. The son, well, he loves to be with his brothers because he knows he's part of a family. He has been loved by his father. He is, and he knows that he has brothers and sisters, so he loves his family. The orphan doesn't really make any efforts to be part of the family. He doesn't understand the, the importance of family and of relationships. But the son is ready to make sacrifices to preserve the unity of the family. The son knows that family is really, really important to his father. And he has this relationship with his father. So for him, yeah, he wants to do everything it takes for the family to be one. An orphan often would feel excluded and even rejected by the family. He carries oftentimes a spirit of offense. And he's easily offended. So people, if somebody doesn't say hi to him, if he's bypassed in any situation, he takes it personally. And he's like, okay, you know. So, so he's, he's rejected and he's just going to forget the whole thing. But the son, again, because he's fully loved by his father, 
he knows that he's a full-fledged member of the family. He just knows this. He, can, he walks in this world, he knows he's not alone. He knows he has a dad, but he knows also he has brothers and sisters who are there for him. An orphan will often feel threatened by others. So this brings him to either to perform or to withdraw altogether. He's, he's threatened. His, his brothers and sisters are like his competitors. He just like, ah. And so, so he, life is a big competition. He, he wants to be the best. He wants to perform. He wants to be loved. So he's putting out a show. He's putting out a performance. Can somebody please love me, love me, love me? Somebody say I'm good. Somebody say that I preached a good message. <laughs> that's that's, that's his, his focus because he has not received this affirmation from his father. Or he withdraws. He's tried this game and it didn't work. So for him, it's, he forget, no, I, I, it's, I'm a nobody and I'll always be a nobody. So I don't need to do nothing. Well, the son sees others as collaborators for the advancement of the family's business. For the son, it's father and son incorporated. That's the family. That's the business. And my brothers and sisters are not the enemy. They're my collaborators. We're working together for our dad. That we, what we want is that our dad would be honored and his name would be magnified throughout the earth. So we're working together for this. Amen. The orphan has a hard time to forgive when he's offended, when, when he's hurt. Because, again... For him, life is, is a jungle. He has to work at everything, and it's hard. So it's, it's being tough. The son, well, he forgives easily. Why? Because he knows, he knows in his heart that he has been forgiven. You see, you cannot give what you have not received. When you, once you understand like the, the, the magnitude of the forgiveness of God towards you, it's easy to give it to others. It's easy to walk in this world where when you're being offended, you can just step back in your father's arms, receive this grace, receive this love, and be able to forgive others. The orphan will live his relationships through his past hurts. All the hurts that he encountered, all the things that happened, that colors his lenses, his glasses, and he views all of his relationships through his past hurts. It's hard for him to, to love again. It's hard for him to have an open heart. He keeps people at a distance. The son, well, he forgives easily again because he knows. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He lives his relationships through the grace of God. He, 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 he has received this grace. He has received this love. So he can just forgive. He has been so forgiven, so he can forgive others. You see, that's what it means, in a nutshell, to be a son and to walk in sonship. And that's why Jesus prays that we would experience this, the reality of being sons and daughters, daughters fully loved by our Father. Fully, that our, our love tank is just full from Him. We have been filled by his love, by his affirmation. So I don't need to receive it from others. I can freely give it away. 
I truly believe that the only true way to experience unity is really to live as sons and daughters secured in our Father's arms. We can, we can talk about unity, we can preach about it, we can, and there are lots of amazing principles, and I know that Pastor Claude is doing an amazing job to teach this, but what it all comes down to is heart attitudes, is what, how am I living in this, in this life? Am I living as a son, fully loved by my Father, or am I, am I living as an orphan? that needs to be loved and, and sees everything hard and as a competition. You see, living as a son in our father's arms, that's how we can forgive. That's how we can love. That's how we can accept our brothers and sisters. And church, that's the way that the world will believe that Jesus is the son of God. Amen. Let us rise, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you for these precious sons and daughters of yours. And I pray that each one of them would experience what it means to be a son and a daughter of God that they would see themselves included in this awesome relationship, Jesus, that you have with your Father. That they would be able to call you Dad. That they would know and receive this flow of unconditional love. I pray that they would know you, Father. They would truly know you. They would experience what it means to have eternal life now, right now. And I pray, Father, that as we discover what it means to be sons and daughters, fully loved by you, Daddy, that we would become one. That we would be the answer to Jesus' prayer. Lord, that they would be one. And they would be brought to complete unity. So if you're here today and maybe you're feeling this pull in your heart to just come to know the Father and to come to the Father's house in His heart, you, the, to know this place, that, that you have a place in your Father's heart. I'm praying right now that you would respond to the Holy Spirit and say, Father, I'm coming back to you. Father, I want you. I want to know you, Father. I want to know your love I want to know your acceptance. I want to know your affirmation. I want to know that I have a place in your heart. So Father, bring your sons and daughters back to home. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys.